This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week, we will talk about the Burton Albion game, Borough's progression into the FA Cup third round where we will face Maidstone, and this weekend against Exeter. Welcome to Borough Pod. Right, what a week we've had. It's been... I mean, I, I was watching or listening to, to the to the game last night. Certainly wasn't expecting after being two 0 down in the eighty first minutes to turn it around. But um, yeah, we've had a, a pretty incredible week. Why don't we, before we start talking about what we've got or what we've had this week, I actually wanted to start it with a quiz. But before we do that, let me welcome you to our guests. So we've got Ben. Ben, how's it going? Uh, hi, Greg. How's it going? Good, good, good. Good to have you back on again. And we're also joined by a special guest this week. I don't, I don't know what he wants me to call him, the, the voice of Stevenage. No? Okay. We've got Dean Thompson on. Dean, how's it going? Hey, very good evening. Uh, hello, everyone. Yeah, honoured. This is my podcast of choice. So, uh, yeah, please, pleased to be here. It's the, only, it's the only one of choice, let's be honest. Um, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. We've got no Nate this week. Um, we've got no Pat this week. So we we thought, you know what, we need we need someone on to... Should be a good one then. Really, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, it should be a little bit more uplifting now Nate's not here. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of, those, one of those things. So I'm going to start off with a quiz. And this quiz uh, is going to be a head-to-head between you both. Um, this is no way near like the game that uh, Hollis used to play on a load of old toffee. It's uh, but it's it's a little bit similar. Well, but it's not Steve quite the same. Team from a game that happened years ago. That's exactly it. Yeah. But we're going to do it a penalty shootout style. So we're going to start off. Um, it's the game in question is the last game that Teddy Sheringham had in charge for Stevenage on the 30th of January 2016. Oh. York City two, Stevenage one. I'm going to start with you, Ben. You have to name. Any player in the starting eleven, and we will be a basically a penalty shootout style, best of five. How many can can we get up to? Can we get the full eleven? I'd say it's unlikely, but let's try it. So Ben, if you want to start, who are you going to go with? Right, that season, um, God, we had a lot of a lot of low knees that year. Um, I'm going to go with what I'm assuming is a fairly safe bet and go with Ronnie Henry. Yeah, Ronnie Henry did start that day. I think that is probably one of the most safe bets you're going to have. So, Ben, you are 1-0 up. Dean? Goalkeeper, Jamie Jones. Jamie Jones was on the bench, but didn't start that day. 
So it's one nil, one nil to Ben. Ben, we used to get the subs in the old days. <laughs> We're not going to allow the subs. So we might, uh, we might have. I mean, I've just told you, Jeremy Jones was on the bench. But if we get to a point where we've got a, uh, <laughs> we where won't. we need it, where we need it, we'll uh, we could obviously go and have have fun there with tiebreaker, maybe. Ben, you're one nil up. Who are you going to go for next? I'll go for Tom Pet. Tom Pett is correct. He did start that day, so it's two 0 Dean. Um, so if if Jamie Jones wasn't in goal, I'm assuming Chris Day was. He was indeed. Yeah, two one. Back to you, Ben. Who could we have had? Um. I will go in, in midfield. I'll go with Charlie Lee. Charlie Lee is correct. That's three-one. Yeah. Dean, back to you. Ronnie Henry, Chris That would have been Dean Wells's time, would it? Yeah, Dean Wells is right. He was <laughs> at the back. But I'm done now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three-two. Let's uh, back to you, Ben. Got two two names in mind who could have partnered Dean Wells at centre back. Um, I'll go with Luke Wilkinson. Luke Wilkinson is right. That's four two. Dean, you've got to get the one. Otherwise, Ben takes the win. See, he had all the boys like Dippo and Riddell and Ryan Johnson knocking around them, but none of them would have started. Who would have been left back? The left back was someone called Lee. Can't remember his surname. Nah, done. I'm done. No. Well, Ben, you take the win. 4-2. So, the starting eleven of that game was, as you guys have already said, Chris Day in goal, Ronnie Henry, Luke Wilkinson, Dean Wells. Left back was Connor Ogilvie. Really? Yeah. He started a left back that day. Uh, you're thinking, I think you might think of Lee Cox. He was on the bench. But I, I think he was a midfielder, but he did wear number three. But nevertheless, uh, no, Charlie Lee. Lee Hills. Uh, no, that was, Ga- that, was Gary, that was Gary Smith time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was a bit. Although he's on. probably still contracted at that point. Cause he, didn't he sign like a three-year deal? Ridiculously. Anyway, Charlie Lee in midfield. Uh, he was in midfield alongside Michael Tong. He was also oh, alongside yeah. Keith Keane. No, I like Keith Keane. Yeah. Always used to Tom- leave a stripe <laughs> on the opposition <laughs> that's players. That's very true. That's very true. He was actually substituted at half-time for Dean Parrott. Um, we also then had Tom Pett, as we mentioned. Um, one that I was not expecting anyone to get who started uh, was Diamantis Petrovicius. Ah, yes. I was there that day. So was I, what? and it was incredibly and he wet. he got pulled at half-time. He did actually. Uh, tell like, uh, so uh, it was I, Keith, I, I Keith King scared. scored that day. Big pardon. I, I saw Demetrius or Demetrius play for Steve. <laughs> yeah, he did get pulled half time. Big point. Keith King scored in that on that. Michael Tong got pulled after 21 minutes for Lee Cox uh, as a sub, early substitution, presumably injury. Uh, and up front that day, anyone want to hazard a guess? I know we've already finished the game. He got. I'm going to say, I've got two two names in my either. Zanzala. 
No, Lanzala's not. Jamil Matt? No, not Jamil Matt. It's Aaron O'Connor started up front that day. Oh. Yeah, that... that. No recollection. I, I, I remember him, but he was pretty poor, is what I remember. The bench was Jamie Jones, as I mentioned, Lee Cox, who I also mentioned, Rodell Gordon, who you mentioned, Dean, uh, Dean Parrott, Dippo, uh, Ryan Johnson, and Dale Gorman were all on the bench. Gorman, yes. What a, what a horrendous squad of players that was. So anyway, well, that Wait, nicely three games trans- for us, Aaron O'Connor. Was it only, it was only three? Oh, no, three games on loan from Forest Green and played a further ten. I was going to say, I thought I saw him more than three games. And then he went off to Kettering for a good, good, a good little spell. No, yeah. no, I have no recollection recollection of that guy. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I remember him playing. I just remember him being pretty, pretty poor. But like, <laughs> like most of the okay. players we had in that in that period. Anyway, so yeah, well done, Ben. You uh, you've won that by four to two. So well done. Let's move on to the Burton game on Saturday. Um, it was a. An interesting, interesting game and an interesting team selection. There were five changes from the FA Cup game against Port Vale. We saw Dan Sweeney come back in uh, alongside Forster Kasky, Nick Freeman, Harrison Nil, which I think was, I certainly wasn't expected, uh, and Kane, Hem- Kane Hemmings also started. Um, and we went back to sort of back five, which I certainly wasn't expecting either. But... It was pretty comfortable in the end, wasn't it? I mean, they had the early scare with the the penalty after after six minutes, uh, which was what, what, missed what and then followed it, up. Greg? What did you call it? A, a penalty? Well, it was it was yeah, technically. I mean, it was soft as soft as hell. Um, I, start, I started to hear things recently, and I don't know the I um, for the home game against Paul Vale. I went up to the the assessor when the ground was empty because they sit there and you know they type. God knows what they do. Um, and I said to him, I don't know the rules anymore. So can you just tell me, as you're obviously way more qualified than me, was that a penalty? I need to meet someone in football that thinks that was a penalty on Saturday. Because he's gone the other side of pitch and probably he's run past him and brushed his leg. It's one. It's one of those ones that you. You've got his foot around the ball for me, but go on. It was. It was was never a penalty in my book. But Ben, give us your analyst view. Um, I mean, I mean, there's there's not really an awful lot of uh, analysis to it. I don't think. Um, (laughs) From the way I saw it, I think the Burton player almost tripped over his own feet. Um, It was clear as day that Piergiani got the ball because the ball had stopped. Um, yeah. by the time that the referee had given the penalty. Um, it's just whether he took the man first, which, I mean, f- for all intents and purposes, I don't think anybody, apart from the referee, actually thought that was the case. Um, but I, I, every single time that I've come on here, I s- seem to be talking about a refereeing decision, um, which fortunately this time... Well, no, someone else had too that. Much <laughs> yeah, I mean, fortunately this time hasn't come come up with, um, you know, being a, a, a result-changing decision. Um, yeah. But it's just it's just standard now, isn't it? And, and when you say the Burton player that went down, I think we should name that Burton player, don't you? Right. I don't remember who it was. Uh, of course. Brother of... 
news number six. And it the, was fun, a... the great thing was when they came out at half time, they were deep in conversation and it wasn't a friendly conversation. Me and Steve just decided and, you know, they didn't part with a, a handshake as, the, as they sort of peeled off to go to go to each half. So I think Dan was putting him right. And and rightly so. I mean, it, it was pretty... Po- I mean, uh, in real time, it was one of those ones watching it, you kind of just knew the referee was going to give it. He was itching to give it almost. But I've watched it back numerous number of times. And it's one of those ones, I think, on the halfway line, you're probably going to get a foul for because they naturally referees will do that. That was the point I was going to make, actually, right at the start of this. I'm hearing a lot now to say, people say, yeah, it's probably not enough for a penalty, but it's probably a free kick in the centre circle. That was a foul. That was a foul, isn't it? No, no, agree, agree. agree. It's a foul that's always it's been... down by the corner flag in the penalty area or in the centre circle, or or is there something in the rule book now that says there's varying degrees of fouls? There's not, but you that you, you know full well that that is the sort of one that in the middle of the field they'll they'll go and give. No one would even bat an eyelid on because it's obviously not going to be a a massive situation that comes on a uh, complication comes off the back of it, but. I mean, yeah, Evans and Rayner were quite clear on their feelings. They were booked very shortly afterwards. Um, the, great, the, great, the great thing, um, look, I've been listening to you guys for the last few weeks and, I, and you know, I don't know what I can bring to this tonight because you, you, you're getting very technical these days with Ben and all the great work that he does, whereas I just go, I just get excited and go, wow, he's brilliant, or that was rubbish. <laughs> but what, um, what tickled me... And the, and the Stevenage fans probably didn't see was the referee came over to give Evans a real lecture and he wasn't going to book him. And no. he turns away and then Evans said something else and he turned around and booked him. So that was just brilliant. And I reckon I know exactly what Evans said. Me, myself and Neil from the Comet were talking afterwards. He would have said, if you do that again, I'm going to book you. And then as he's turned away, Evans go, well, I'll save you the time. You might as well effing do it now. <laughs> because he I mean, has scaled that story to us before. He, I think he had a right to be annoyed about it. And obviously we've already talked about the penalty, but it doesn't take much for Evans to, to get booked nowadays. But also Rayner. I think Rayner was an interesting one where he was, he was having a conversation with the fourth official and would not stop that conversation no matter how hard that referee tried um so both of them being being booked was uh, was was quite funny to watch to be honest with you but um it was it was an interesting first half because i mean the goal the goal obviously was early it was only after sort of 6 7 minutes but it kind of put burton into their shell and we just took the ascendancy we were arguably the better side obviously scored very very late in that first half but it kind of didn't. It didn't really feel like Burton took that goal and 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 tried to to push forward at all. It almost felt like it was okay. We'll yeah. try and protect this. Just before the goal, we were kind of summing up for half time, and I was saying, "Well, I'm not disappointed with this half at all because we will score. There's no doubt about it. And once Gaffer gets at them in the in the dressing room, we'll, you know, we'll be fine. And then ball into the box, Kane sweeps it in. I thought he was might have been offside, but obviously clearly. Clearly not a good run, and yeah, the second half was was pretty plain sailing, wasn't it? We did everything but score in that first half, didn't we? We came close. I mean, we had the one off the line, which from the, the view that I had watching it on the stream was was it looked over to me. Um, it was one of those ones. I think it was Jamie Reed with a 
with the flick that was that was cleared off the line. It was it was well cleared, but it, it definitely looked <laughs> close to be over the over the line. Yeah. Um, there was obviously just before the break we mentioned the goal, Kane Hemmings. I think it was pitched with the the initial cross and Luther heading it back across goal. Um, but Kane Hemmings, I mean, one player that when he first signed, I certainly just thought a ah, bit of a depth piece, someone who can come in and, and play the occasional game, come off the bench occasionally. I mean, arguably he's he's pushed Presley out of this team right now. He has, um, and 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 it's easy to see why. Um, you know, he's. As much as he's playing essentially in the, in the role that Presley would be in, what he does is it is ever so slightly different because Presley, as as we know, being sort of the stature that he is, is especially strong in the air, and the way that we were playing through Presley was more sort of off flick ons rather than Kane Hemmings, who I would say is arguably stronger in his hold up play, mm-hmm. his movement off the ball. Um, and his passing is also notably better. Um, but, you know, it's nice to have those options in the squad. You know, Presley, I believe, has got the most in per 90 from the highest average uh, aerial duel winning in the league. Um, and Pier Gianni second. Um, and then Hemmings, obviously, he, he's got a couple more goals, I think. Um but he's, you know, you can see with with Hemmings the sort of the experience and the know how. It's just a lot more intelligence uh, about his play. But that that will come with time for Presley as well. Yeah, I think it was it, Presley for was one for me at the start of the season. I was expecting him to be, you know, up there for probably starting every single game. And obviously, he had his injury problems that he's come back from. But um, there's an argument now that you know he he, he won't be seeing the the starting eleven. Certainly not ahead of um, Hemmings at the moment, and, and he's taking his opportunities, which is kind of what you want to see from from a guy who, as I say, kind of came in. No one really fancied him. I mean, Tranmere let him go, and, and you see how they're struggling this year. So it'd be interesting to see if he can carry on. Um, second half, he yeah, looked pretty dominant, like you said, Dean. I think it felt to me like Burton were constantly on the back foot until probably towards the end of the game when they were trying to trying to push for the uh, for the equaliser. Um, Jamie Reed scoring yet again. I think that's 17 goals already, and we're not even at Christmas. Um, another player who, if you'd asked me three or four years ago when he when he first joined, I'd never have seen him making the impact that he's made. Um, but it was just felt comfortable, and I think the scoreline probably flattered Burton slightly in the end. It could have been could have been probably four or five on on another day. Um, perfect away performance that you want to see. Yeah, but you always get. Nervous at 2-1 and 1-0 with Stevenage, don't you? No, no, of course, absolutely. Um, yeah. I can't... We uh, You've talked about Jamie Reid on here extensively. Um, and I can't, I can't say any more about him than, I've, that I, than I say during games and, and, and I've said, you know, to, to him and, and, and to other people. It's just incredible, isn't it? He couldn't trap a ball when he came to us. His, no. his confidence was was nowhere, and you know how does how does Steve Evans do that? I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? And I can't say any more nice things about him because I've got to know Jamie a little bit, and we have a we have quite a good little uh, relationship. And I don't want to give him a big head if I'm being honest. <laughs> 
He's a great he's guy. A, as well. He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man, and and he's so funny. He's so funny. Um, he was he was someone who scored goals. I mean, was it for Torquay and in the, in the non-league? And, and when level. he when he came up, like you said, he he was one of those players that I, I was I'd kind of written off two years ago. But how he's played in the last two years, and I, I don't know what Evans has done to, to to make him at the level he's playing at now. But I mean, he's he's up there as one of the best strikers in League One. Tramere away, first day of last season. Tramere away, first um, in League Two. He didn't even get on the bus. Mm. He didn't even get on the bus, and I think some of that was down to attitude, and rather than ability, but. I think the gaffer touched on it in an interview this week, might have been with Neil, um, that, that his attitude has just has completely changed. He lives in Stevenage now. He lives a million miles from Stevenage and he was doing a lot of commuting. He was mm. staying in a dingy old hotel somewhere down the back of the old town. And it was it was tough on him. It was tough on him. And um, yeah, he's got himself into just around the corner from me. And uh, <laughs> he seems happy in life. So uh, you know, I always used to say this to Bob Makin when he was the chief exec. If the players are happy off the pitch, they get happy on the pitch. And, you know, another player like that that Bob always told us stories about was Anthony Eldin. Anthony Eldin, mm. if he's happy off the pitch, he was he was a, he was a difficult character. Um, he would he would he would turn it on for you on a Saturday at three o'clock. So Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Fair play to Gaffer, fair play to Jamie, to be fair. Yeah, I think I think with Reed, I, I, I put a lot of it down to confidence as well. Um, I think it's evident to see sort of like the patterns in Jamie Reed's career. When he was down at Torquay and he was he was scoring all those goals, it, you could see he was playing with confidence. He, he found form, and he's one of those players that when he gets in that form, there doesn't seem to be any stopping him. And then he moves over to Mansfield, struggles there. Moves over to Stevenage initially, struggles here. Can't find any sort of form, any confidence, and in a way what wasn't scared to shoot but just didn't have the same conviction that we see from him now and sort of that back back end of the last season when he was you know popping up with with all those big goals which has got him the nickname big goal reedy um that's that's sort of been been the catalyst for, for the start of this season he's managed to carry that form on playing in what is a similar system um and if we're being honest if if like sort of a, a chain of events, if Luke Norris hadn't got injured last season, would would Jamie Reed have got that run in the side? Um, mm. And you know, it's all these things, but everything happens for a reason. And, and right now, we've got, I believe, the second top scorer in League One. Um, which you know, when you when you look at the start of the season, I don't think we'd have thought Jamie Reed would get thirteen goals no. all season in League One, let alone. Not even halfway through. We used to um, comment on his goals last season. The ones he had to think about, or the chances he had to think about, he missed. So if he's through one-on-one, he's got three or four seconds to think, he'd miss them. Put the ball in where he can sweep it in, bomb, it's in the back of the net. And I think all about what was going on on in his head and, you know, was he making the right decision? He had time on the ball. But now you see him, if he's out wide, you see him cutting in and immediately looking to, to ping one off. And, Probably weren't seeing that last season. Where his mindset's changed for me as well in terms of and Cambridge, you, you say about him missing a, you know, those ones he has to think about and then mm. and then scoring, you know, a yeah. snapshot. And that Cambridge game earlier this year was was a perfect yeah. example of that. Yeah. Where that one on one that he missed, 
that we're we're all just thinking, oh, how has he even missed it? Two minutes later, twenty five yards out from goal, yeah. gets the ball and smashes it into the bottom corner. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I, I think maybe not last year, but certainly when we first signed him, if he'd missed a one on one opportunity, he missed an absolute sitter, I think his head would probably drop. Whereas I think now he's 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 definitely a, a player who is able to bounce back from from missing a, a good opportunity, and he still does that every so often. But he's he's just become an integral part of 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 how this team plays. Let alone you know not even even without his his goals, you know his, his play off the ball is you know the way that he uh, he leads that line is um, has worked incredibly well. And it's yeah, like I say, he was a player two three years ago. I certainly wrote off certainly wouldn't have been losing sleep if he wasn't retained but now he's yeah just him and Hemmings up front um, with kind of Roberts playing in behind seems to be the the way that works at the moment yeah and I didn't see Robert Roberts that one coming being left out but probably right needs you know he is that man that makes Stevenage tick isn't it Jordan Roberts yeah we were talking about um obviously talking about the changes earlier I think there were some surprises in terms of the sheer number of changes, it kind of everyone who I was speaking to automatically put, thought he's clearly got his mind on, on Port Vale on Tuesday mm. um, because and we'll, we'll get to Port Vale in a minute. But Roberts was definitely one. I mean, I think it's only really him and Pidge that are, are regular starters mm. every single game, Tuesday, Saturday. They're, they're the only ones that start week in, week out. Um, the, the only other game I thought we were dreadful this season was Wimbledon away in the, um, in the trophy and he mm. didn't play that night. Yeah. And we just had nothing making us tick. Yeah. He's one but of those players that... Let us talk about Harrison Neal. Because I love him. Yeah. He was one of those players who, when he when I saw him starting, I was also a bit sceptical of. Because when he has played until up until now, and, and there's not been many games where he has, I, I'm kind of not really sure what his role is in that team. But yeah, Saturday it was it was almost him sitting in front of uh, of that defence. He was marshalling it like he'd done it for years, and the kid's only still in his early twenties. Incredible performance, Ben. What did you see from from Harrison? Um, it, it sort of it, it was. I, I'd actually written about Harrison Neal briefly, sort of earlier in the week sort of like questioning what would Harrison Neal be around at Stevenage come uh, the January transfer window. And initially I thought to myself, you know, that it's probably, probably a 50, 50 at best, but probably sort of 60, 70% in favor of him going back to Sheffield United, because I just didn't see a, a place for him in this Stevenage team. Um, partly because the role that he was going to play is occupied by Finley Burns, who, arguably has been Stevenage's player of the season so far. Um, and I just also looked, what I'd seen from Neil was someone with good passing range, good passing abilities, but I wasn't so sure on the defensive side of his game and the ability, sort of the ability to really be that sort of like commanding player, so to speak, uh, at, at the head of that diamond. Um and yeah, what I saw from Neil on Saturday was a player who I thought, you know, yeah, he he has got that character about him. He's got that sort of um, not not leadership quite, but um, I don't know in, integrity to be a, re- a real sort of like option in that area. You know, there's every chance Finley Burns could go back to Manchester City in January and go somewhere else on loan. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I, I was really impressed with Neil. Um, and, yeah, I think he's... Now, now we're coming up to a busy time of the season. The fact that we've got him in there and we've got him some minutes in League One, I think is really good because he automatically becomes an option hmm. um, through this busy time of the year. I am... Um... I made the rest of the press box gasp on Saturday, Aaron, Alfie and Neil. Because, now, before I say what I said, I like Finley Burns. Okay? But I said I'd rather have Harrison Neil in there. <gasps> because if you're playing five at the back with Luther and Burns and, and Terence and... Dan and, and Pidge and Finley. That's five, that's seven players, which leaves you four at the other end of the park. And I know that Harrison Neal gives you some thrust. And Finley Burns doesn't give you any thrust. And I like a bit of thrust. I liked Dean Parrott at, at his finest. That was that was him, you know, getting forward, getting in, getting from that holding role and getting forward. That's what I like. And I also think that, and Reese told me this, he reminds him of a young Bozzy. And I liked that challenge he made just before he came off because he <clears throat> absolutely smashed the guy. Got the ball, but the guy was like, that hurt. And Finley doesn't do any of that. There you go. I'll leave that for you yeah. two to discuss. I, I, I actually... I completely get what, what what you're saying there, Dean. I I saw in when I was writing about Neil, I, what I sort of referenced to was on the ball going forward. Neil is uh, he is superior to Burns. I have no doubt in that. Um, and Burns, obviously defensively, I think we we probably would still agree it is a, is a better player in that sense. So is it is it a case of you keep those two players in the squad, and that automatically gives you options for maybe a, a potential type of game where yeah. you know let's say you're playing I don't know I'm going to use for an example I could really come back to bite me a team like Exeter who <laughs> struggling where you're probably going to have a little bit more of the ball and oh, a bit ben, more when you're as old as me you stop that. talking about the future you never think you know <laughs> that curse of the commentator it's bit me on the bum so many times I, I make no predictions anymore but yeah I get but, it I get yeah. Yeah, you got you got a, a sort of an Exeter or a, a Cheltenham where you, you you're likely to have a little bit more time on the ball, and then you've got a uh, sort of like a Finley Burns for your games against you know your Peterboroughs, yeah. Derby, definitely yeah. Portsmouth, Bolton, mm, that sort. It's quite nice yeah, to have that flexibility more. in the team. Yeah, yeah. Where, where the tackles one... are not going to be flying in so so much, where he can nick the ball, intercept, do the dirty work, break it up, give it. And then give it to the other four to go and make something. Get Burton, get get Dan going, get Luther going. It's the one thing that's interesting is I think the best we've seen of Finley Burns has been in that sort of holding midfield role, but not when we've played five at the back. More when we've played, you know, sort of four at the back. Um, that's probably where we've seen the best of Finley Burns. I. I I, yes. I definitely think he's been one of those players that has kind of come in and just added that extra bit of quality. Harrison Neil. I, I agree in terms of I think he's going to be ears better on the ball. I do think he's that player who will drive you further forward. But if you're playing, if you're going to play the four at the back, give me a Finley Burns in that holding yeah, role all day long. 
with with the with the with the five yeah i agree with you dean i think it's uh it's you're kind of sacrificing and, and almost making it a six at the back in a weird yeah, sense. Yeah, it's almost a bit like Graham Souness used to play. When, you know, <laughs> yeah. He'd have his defensive midfielders and, and hope that the three the three top men would, would do the business. But I, I liked what he did. And, you know, we've got such a an array of different talent now, haven't we? You know, the Thompsons came on last night. Louis in that midfield for me he was you wouldn't leave him out after games three four five and six but now you think mm, he, he, he ain't gonna get back in there now yeah I, I was courses I, for courses isn't it I was chatting to to a few people about Nathan Thompson who I, I still think Nathan Thompson is probably one of technically the best player we've got at the back but I completely understand why he doesn't mm. start with the way that we play and the and the way that which still kind of baffles me because I still think he's he's an incredible player. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, I mean, we're coming into January, there's players there that haven't had a whole lot of game time. It'll be interesting to see how many of them try and force and move on to get more game time, how many of them stick around and, and get themselves back into to the team because it's a long old season, as we all know. Um, before we move on and talk about Port Vale, let's just talk about... Um, the rest of League One. So let's just go through some of the scores from from the weekend. Um, so there was Blackpool three, Carlisle nil, Bristol Rovers one, Cheltenham one, uh, as we know, Burton one, Stevenage two, Charlton two, Cambridge two. It's a good point on the road there for Cambridge. Exeter nil, Port Vale one, which is also a really good uh, three points, even though Exeter are struggling, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Lake Orient nil, uh, Derby County three, Northampton three, Fleetwood nil. Peterborough 3, Oxford 0. I know Nate went to that game and, and suggested that Peterborough probably could have won that by 5 or 6. Um, I think they absolutely blew Oxford away in that first half. Reading 1, Barnsley 3, Wigan 0, Lincoln 0 and Wickham losing yet again 1-0 at home to Shrewsbury. And then the game on Monday, which was uh, sounds weird to be talking about, uh, was the one I was keeping my eye on more than most this week, was Portsmouth-Bolton, which finished 2-0 to Portsmouth. Um, which means that they are now six points clear at the top of League One um, from Bolton and Stevenage, who are both on 39 points. Unbelievable to even be suggesting that this Stevenage team are third in League One with the teams that are around. You just look at that top top eight, there's Premier League pedigree in there. There's teams that, as recent in the last 10 years, you have Blackpools, Barnsley, Derby, Obviously, Peterborough we've talked about, Bolton, Portsmouth. I mean, they're all huge teams. But even though there's some games in hand for some teams around us, it just doesn't seem to be uh, doesn't seem to be stopping. The momentum is is moving in the right direction. Yeah. We are in a situation where you know, we're only 21 games in. There's still 20, 25 to go. So it's, it's still a long, long way to go. Um, let's talk about and, and move over uh, to, to the FA Cup. Um, obviously after the draw came out and it was for the winner of Port Vale and Stevenage it was Maidstone I think there was a there was definitely a from my perspective I was automatically thinking this is a huge opportunity um, but for the first 70 minutes of last night it didn't seem to be going in the in the right direction it was it, from I wasn't there or didn't watch the game but from listening to it it seemed like the first 70 minutes Stevenage didn't really get going. They made four changes from the from the game against Burton, bringing back Alex McDonald, Jordan Roberts, as we were talking about earlier. Aaron Presley got a start and Ben Thompson. Um, but 
just Stephen is showing a never die attitude, something that they've for years we've we've kind of been missing. That game could have could have got away from us, but to come back and fight from two 0 down with nine minutes left to to draw that game two two, just says everything you need to know about what this Stevenage team has has become. Even with the changes and and that team at the end of that game had a lot of players who hadn't played a lot of football really. Someone like Harvey White in particular. Why is Harvey White not starting? Ben, tell me, explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> it's well, I I did tweet out the night before the Burton game. I said if Jake Forstakowski isn't fit, Harvey White has to start. No, no, no questions asked. And then, of course, Forstakowski was fit, and Harvey White was injured. Um, so, I guess the reason why he he doesn't start it. In yesterday, why he didn't start, I'm gonna say, if if sort of like depending on how serious this knock was, was probably to give him a bit of time, um, just to sort of ease himself back in. But from what I've seen from Harvey White in the last few weeks, I, I do not see a scenario where he doesn't start on Saturday. I. I'd go as far to say I know how good he's been this season, but the impact that Harvey White's made in his past two appearances, I'd, I'd start him in on that left side over for Sikaski. Um I, I really would. He's I've been batting, I've been that impressed with him. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't tell you why he's not starting. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume injuries, but on form, I, I think it just. It just makes sense to put him in on the left side of that diamond. I, I really do. I've just been so impressed with him. Dean, why is Harvey not starting? I didn't feel um, an answer. Well, I think, again, look at, <laughs> um, we, we, we refer back to, to, to Jamie Reid. I don't think attitude has been completely right. Um, Gaffer did say after the trophy game that he himself would be closer to a starting place in the team than Harvey White had, which personally I'd love to see. Um, so there is probably that there's got to be a lot of adaption I know he's played at this level but he's played at a uh, a bigger club than Stevenage people will tell me off for that but coming to Stevenage and fitting in in that dressing room is is not difficult because they're, they're a really welcoming bunch but He's been at an academy. He's probably been nurtured. He's probably, uh, you know, had someone to clean his boots for him and tie his shoelaces. I don't know. But at Stevenage, is a bit different. So you've got, to, you've got to settle in. You've got to get the environment right. And you've got to play for Steve, Steve Evans, ultimately. And that's difficult when you've been stroked and nurtured by, you know, Wayne Burnett at, at, at Tottenham. So probably some of that. Probably there's no doubt in his ability, is there? So I think... A bit tough love, maybe, from the gaffer in the first sort of six, eight weeks. We'll see. I, see, I, I saw this as a almost like a Steve Evans thinking, we're doing all right without Harvey White right now. The yeah. one thing we don't want to do is put Harvey White in a in a theoretical shop window where all of a sudden bigger clubs come in, mm-hmm. coming in January who are desperate for, for talent. And it was almost just like drip feeding him into the team, giving him opportunities, but not giving him, mm. you know, not making him an integral part where... We can't tick without him, and and, and look, Forster Kasky still. I mean, he's been for me probably one. Of, you can tell when he's not in this team, 
how how much more we struggled to hold on to the ball in the, in the I, middle I, of the park. Last season, I was not fussed on Jake. Same, yeah. Uh, and his set pieces weren't brilliant. And he'd kind of come in in the January to a really good winning side, didn't he? And you didn't want a new guy coming in and, and mm. taking one of your favourites places. But And he didn't really do it for me. He did towards the end of the season. But this season, again, wow. He's yeah. been brilliant for me. You know, his positioning, his chasing, his, his closing, his set pieces. He wins the ball. He tackles. Um and he breaks up as well, so he's he's been great for me. Yeah, I've been a big fan of of him this season. I think Mark was obviously even... something not right with him because he played Saturday and didn't, you know he was out last week. Didn't played Saturday, didn't play Tuesday. He's, so, yeah, he's, he's always had injury problems though, right? So I think there there has to be an element of him being managed in terms of you know not over overawing him with with game time that could pick up more more injuries and and it. So I think there probably is just an argument there of of, of rotation I've just rather than up with the squad. Not. We've got ten midfielders if we include um, Finley. Ten mm. midfielders for th- four positions, sometimes three. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some. I, I don't know, Ben. You can maybe talk a bit about the the piece that you've done on sort of transfer business in in January. But I mean, there's players there that. We talked about Harry Anderson, I think, a few weeks ago. It just hasn't had a sniff. And again, I'm, I'm guessing that's mostly down to fitness and injuries. And but Ben, if you were obviously we were talking about Harrison Neil earlier, and one of those players who you saw potentially moving back to Sheffield United. But um, how many of those ten midfielders do we think will still be here come the end of January? Um. I don't think all ten will. Um, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it that way. But um, it's it's one. Of, it's very hard to call right now if one of them was to go. Who that person would be? Um, I mean, apart from Anderson, there's no one who you would say hasn't had a, a reasonably big role in the team this season. Um, you know, you look at the lads who are sort of not regularly starting now you've got like people like Alex McDonald who you know I I've said many times I think there are certain games for McDonald I don't think that he is a player who starts every game for you but I do think he's a useful squad player Nick Freeman's another again not playing every week but has he done much wrong not really it's a really difficult one to call um but I also don't think, unless Finley Burns goes, I don't think there's any danger of anybody coming in in that midfield, particularly uh, unless we decide to, you know, maybe bring somebody in as backup to Jordan Roberts. Um, I think that's the only way that I could see the midfield being strengthened. But in terms that's a of big player, though, you know, to, yeah, to back up Roberts, isn't it? And I don't think it's got to be a very specific profile of player. Because and I don't think that, that the budget would be there for a big player to come in. Yeah, I, I I don't think there is, but I I also don't think that that's exactly what you're looking for. No, I don't think you're looking for someone to displace Jordan Roberts from the team because I ultimately don't think that with the money out there and how specific that role is to Jordan Roberts, I don't think that that is possible. Um, I think you're looking for someone who, a little bit like Daryl Horgan last year, 
if Roberts needs a rest, you've got someone who is able to sort of just step in for a game or two and occasionally do a good job off the bench. Um, and I did come up with a few suggestions um, with a, a couple that I'm a little bit more convinced on than others. Um, but yeah, in terms of midfield, it's there's so much quality there, which is, is unusual for a Stevenage team, yeah. it has to be said. January's business last January wasn't great, was it? No. Of course, Kasky, Josh March, who I quite liked at times. Um, Jonathan Tompkinson, Daryl Horgan, as you said. And then January January is always a tough one though, right? Certainly if you're trying to improve a team that's doing well. If you're if you're in the mire and, and likely to get relegated unless you make some serious changes, then you can go out and spend some money and try and get players to come in and improve your team and you'll probably be able to do that. The one thing I will say is and we talked I said about this earlier in regards to players and playing time. Someone like Louis Thompson I can't imagine being on a cheap deal. He's got a lot of experience at this level and even higher. He's probably on decent money. But, I mean, he can't... I like him. I think he's a good player. I can't remember the last time he started a game. He's He's been very much a player who's kind of come off the bench, broken it up when he's, when he's needed to, and he's done a good job at that. But it'd be interesting to see, you know, if he is someone knocking on Evan's door saying, I want to I want to start games, I want to play, you know, and, you know, whether he would be someone who would maybe move on, not necessarily out of choice, but out of, you know, Maybe coming out, taken out of our own hands slightly to some extent. Same with same with Nathan, I guess as well. He's a similar situation in terms of, you know, he's played some games, but he's not he's not been starting regularly. And we all know that, you know, the team the team that that Evans has been playing. You know, if we go back to the three at the back now, Sweeney is back fit, and that's going to be what we see going forward. I can't see him starting Thompson, Nathan Thompson, ahead of the Sweeney, Van Cooten, and Pierre Gianni back three that we've seen for the last you know, year and a half. Yeah, but no, but then you can rotate, but we, we're going to be so far ahead of others that we're going to have Tuesdays where we're, we're with our feet up with our slippers on. So we're going to be halfway through the season come January and we, we might not need to rest players. I mean, you know, that momentum from last season, you wouldn't, you wouldn't change the team if you needed to. So, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? And, and just looking at Saturday's lineup when Roberts didn't play, Freeman played. And he's not really going to be your first choice to play if Jordan Roberts is out for four, five, six weeks, is he? I've been critical of, of Freeman, and I think the main reason I've been critical of Freeman is I just don't, I don't know what his best role is. No. I don't know what like if if Roberts does go and get injured, then is he going to play that Roberts role and do that to the level yeah, that? I think you have to change the way you play. You probably do, but so it's it's then an instance of okay. So, but then what is his best position? He's played a lot in that sort of centre midfield, probably right at the diamond. Um, when we played in the, with the diamond, but I, just, I don't see when you look at someone like Harvey White, and I, I fully take on board with with the comments around attitude and clearly trying to bring him in slowly but surely. But he's an impactful player, someone who's good on the ball, someone who can find that sort of defence splitting pass. With Freeman, it's a He's a body, and it doesn't seem like he's much more than that to me. And maybe that's me being harsh. I mean, he's got an absolute belter against Orient. But he's one of those players, I, I, again, if, if in January they decided to move him on, I wouldn't be, I don't think they will, but I wouldn't be gutted about it. There's certainly players I'd rather keep ahead of him. And I guess McDonald is, can be fired under that a little bit. But McDonald is very much a Steve Evans player. 
yeah. one of those players who's just he will just go and give your give his all until he's until he's pulled off the pitch, which well, usually me and Steve is call an him hour. The player assistant manager because he's he's, like a, <laughs> he's got the clipboard in his hand and um, he was sent out to warm up on on uh, on Saturday, and he was just standing on the touchline shouting instructions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Wesley used to have those kind of that. players, right? <laughs> yeah. Wesley, Wesley well, used to have those kind of guys who Graham used to had be. Goal, didn't he? Graham, Graham yeah. took goal where he went. He took Bozzy, and, you know. Yeah, he had his boys. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Moose went to obviously went to Preston with him, but yeah, and, yeah. And so he's, his best mates with Joel Byram, so he's he, he, you know he, he he knows how this kind of football works and how Steve yeah. works. But getting back to to Port Vale, obviously we. Um, we talk, I was talking about the kind of never say die attitude and, and mm. two nil down, nine minutes to go to pull that back. But then I think what's more even more impressive for me is is in extra time. You can see that goal with six minutes to go. The devastation of Ryan Loft scoring a goal against you probably adds to it as well because I mean that guy's dreadful. But nevertheless, to then come back and and and, and score the equaliser again, it's it, it's something that. You just, I wasn't expecting it. I certainly at two 0 down, it sounded like you know things weren't weren't going well in the first seventy minutes of that game until, and then all of a sudden, you just they just found another gear and in extra time to to score when they did. It's, I mean, it's just Loft, something Loft about this team. Wasn't going in until it's Nick Nathan Thompson and gone over. And no, no. Really. I mean, Loft absolutely. Ain't, he ain't scoring from there. He just. <laughs> <laughs> not for, but he, it's one of those. He's in the not for me category, Ryan Loft and. You know, it was just, it was a bit lucky, wasn't it? I still can't get over just like how much he's filled out. Like when he was on loan with us, he was, he was about four stone eight or something like that. But he's, he's the guy's absolute unit nowadays. But in, in, in terms of, um, you know, pulling that game back and then obviously penalties is always a lottery. Um, Tay. Just one thing on the, on the, on the equaliser there. Terence and Luther have got the ball on the halfway line and they were just knocking it to each other. And I'm going, I know. Get in the box! <laughs> I know. I was watching the highlight of that earlier and it was, uh, it was, it was almost like, yeah, keep, keep calm. We know what's coming. It was a bit of a strange yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, and, and Port Vale knew where it was coming. So that, you know, they weren't, they were going to put no pressure on, on those two. I mean, they were that, shot, weren't that. they? To be honest, yeah. I mean, that, the defending for that is, is, is just so poor. Defending for some of the goals, I mean, even the goals we conceded, I think it was the, the first goal from Garrity. Um, the, the the ball that was kind of played in between the centre-halves and the and the left, I think it was the left-back, um, the butler. Yeah. It was it was one of those one of those ones that just completely stretched us. Jordan Roberts kind of went for the ball, didn't he? And that's, yeah, he I, did, yeah. We've had a bit of criticism from fans with, with Dan at, at left-back, haven't we? But... He doesn't have anyone in front of him, and no. that is you need some protection, don't you? And and I I remember what Luther said to me that um, it, when he's got Jake Taylor sitting in front of him, nothing. He's got no problems last season. Jake Taylor in front, absolutely. Other players, Luther's got to do a bit more, and then he's got to get you know pulled out of position a bit. And that's what's happening with with with, with Butler, unfortunately. And that's mm. what happens when you play that that diamond, isn't it? And you've got absolutely yeah. Roberts is finesse that you want up the pitch but you also <laughs> you need him back again but he ain't, he ain't always going to be able to do that I, th- I felt the second one was was after we'd made the changes and, and, and Butts was up on the halfway line and they just put that ball through mm. which Butler would have picked up but Pierre Gianni didn't because he was he was a bit inside I don't know Ben 
I'm just I say with my eye you 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 probably think <laughs> it differently to me but that's how I that's how I saw it was we'd made the change and then it it caught us out yeah absolutely and I think um I mean the Harvey White goal was was a, was a screamer is that's a beautiful beautiful strike um someone who just we talked about someone with thrusty yeah so just marauded that's through the midfield that's all, I, that's all you want to see in it if you see that every yeah. every Saturday, your twenty two quid is worth every penny. Well, it's it's one of those things in this, and I, I see it a lot in this league. You know, teams who come here, they're good on the ball, but they don't have anyone to bring that ball out for them. They'll just knock it around at the back and try and open it up from there. You just don't you don't have those kind of box to box midfielders anymore. It's a, di- a different breed almost for a lot of teams. So having someone like that who's able to is yeah, it was a great finish. Um, Obviously, shout out for for Tay Ashby Hammond as well. Obviously, saving um, saving the penalties. Um, I've never heard him speak until I heard his interview on Twitter oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> He's quite possibly the poshest man I think I've ever ever met. Um, I can't imagine what he actually thinks of Stevenage as a town. Um, but no, um, unbelievable performance from him. It was the most um, impeccable performance I think you'll find. Absolutely, and the way he says "bottle" is 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 unbelievable. But. Um, oh. <laughs> but the, oh, what a great was, story that was, wasn't it? I mean, oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was, yeah. So for those who, best, isn't it? From their for those who, I'd do the same, wouldn't I? You would, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. You'd be launching it into Rosette, um, which is kind of fair play to him. We talked about um, obviously January transfer business, and I know the goalkeeping situation. There's no way Hedgie's staying past January, is there? I mean, the guy, the guy sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine West Ham being particularly happy with. With you know someone who's come here to to play to play regular football, I, I imagine he'll be uh, he'll be heading back to West Ham and there'll be a replacement. Sub well, we kind of thought in August September that they were going to rotate, didn't we? Um, well, they did. They did for a while, and that that soon that soon ended. Didn't really do anything wrong, Edgy, did he? Don't think he. No, had, I don't think he had a clangor. But is it for me? It's a you, you ain't leaving Tay out. No, go on, Ben. He, he he never did anything wrong, Hedgie. But um, I think it was more you could see in the two goalkeepers that Hedgie was a lot, a, a little bit more comfortable, sort of distributing out from the back. Yeah, um, he had that the odd like wonder save in him, so to speak, mm. as well. Whereas Ashby Hammonds, a, a, he was a mu- much more confident keeper coming out to collect the ball. Sort of like his catching was a lot better and. I think in the end you sort of find yourself in a similar situation to what Arsenal found themselves in with um, David Raya and Aaron Ramsdale. If you keep on rotating the goalkeepers, eventually, psychologically, it will have an effect on both of them. Mm. And I support the decision that Evans has made to stick with Ashby Hammond in goal because I think the sort of affinity within the entire back line, it improves so much when you've got... Like a consistent number one in goal, so I'd like, to, but I'd like to see us bring in, you know, a, a suitable backup who is who is happy to be sort of like the number two, mm. if you know what I mean. Having said all that about Tay, he did dr- have a couple of rushes of blood on Saturday at Burton, didn't he? He did come out of his mm. box once or twice, and I wasn't complete. Yeah, there was a save at the end that. Steve uh, said in commentary he dropped, but I I backed up Tay and went no, he just palmed it down into the ground and then caught it on the bounce, <laughs> which he, he he didn't, he dropped it. Um, but you're gonna he got, get he got a bit 
Yeah, he got a bit lucky last night as well. I think there was the 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 goal yeah, that they had disallowed. I think it was it was it one was of those foul, ones. It, keep, yeah, keeper, the keeper's always going to get going to get protected by the referees. You see that every week. But I thought it, I thought it was a bit softer, if I'm honest with you. But I think um, to Ben's point, the biggest thing I saw when we had Hedgie in goal was was the way that he works with the back line. You look at that Reading game, and I know the Reading game was you know, obviously the red card was a big big factor in that game. But that Reading game earlier this year that he played in, it just looked like a keeper that's not played with a backline before. Whereas mm. with Tay, you've got that constant communication. Mm. They know what they're doing. Even though Tay's had his moments where he's come rushing out, doing doing his best Joseph Anang impression, trying to trying to come out 30 yards out of his goal. It's At the same time, I'd much rather have him starting. So I wouldn't be surprised if Hedry did move on. But uh, it'd be interesting to see what But what, what do you go get? Do you go get a, a Stockdale-type character that... You know, or you know, an Ashley Bay's type character that's got that's going to fit into the environment and is happy to sit on the bench at the, at the end of their career. Or do you go and get a young Premier League loanee that probably ain't going to play unless Tay gets injured on the last day of January? You're going to get you're going to get those yeah. sort of guy. Like if they don't get a guarantee of, of game time, those Premier League clubs aren't going to loan them out. Yeah. So it's for me, it probably seems more like a. You know, someone out there who's already a number two, or someone out there maybe who's a number three who. who you know, wants the opportunity to, to maybe try and fight for a place. But um, I think the guy, Ben, I think you put, was it Whitworth, the guy from Crystal Palace who's currently there, sort of third choice keeper, you know, could be an option if there is to be a Premier League loan. But they're going to want him to play. They're not going to want him just to sit on a bench. I don't see that being a viable option, realistically. You've got you've got people like uh, Tom King at Wolves as well. Um, yeah. He's... He's never going to play in the Premier League. Um, He's just happy to pick so, up a pay packet at the end of the day. That's the most incredible yeah, it, signing I've ever for a player that I've ever known. Having knowing Tom King as <laughs> I do, absolutely. Yeah, I would. I would like to see. I'd like to see us. I'd. i in a brilliant. I'd love to see us get Lota Tala on loan as a number two. Um, yeah, I liked him. I, I mean, you got Jamie coming at Chelsea as well. Um, would be he's too good to be a number two, um, but he's nowhere he near game time. Chelsea, not out on loan, still at Chelsea. I, if if you're bringing in someone to give Tash, we have in competition. Jamie coming on a permanent transfer, absolutely one hundred percent for me. Yeah, we'll see how it goes in Got January. Nice house in Surrey, though, I'm not sure we could upkeep that. He'd move. He'd have to. He'd be, he'd be in the Cromwell. Um, great Ashby. He'd be, he'd, be, he'd be a great Ashby boy. Um, he would, absolutely. I have a question, Ben, and only you can answer this. And we see it quite a lot in League One, and I have got no idea why we see it. Why do, the defend, why do defenders take goal kicks and pass it to the goalkeeper? Burton were doing it on Saturday. What? Why? Why? The, I mean, the only real, I mean, there is no real explanation for that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never be a football manager then. If, I, if I'm, I'm going to hazard a guess, I'm going to say that a keeper prefers to kick a rolling ball. But <laughs> they tend to not like, they don't tend to hoof it, do they? They try to play it out. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love opposition teams doing it. But uh, because we have Jamie Reid, we have Kane Hemmings and we'll have um, Roberts that, that will press and we'll try and nick it off them. I will never... The, the, 
there was one particular day I got told off by Phil for my comments about a goal that Stevenage conceded. It was the 1-0 defeat to, at home to Salford and we conceded a goal from our own goal kick because we were trying it. And I'm like, I'm very Sam Allardyce in my ways, Ben. I, I like a 4-4-2 and I like to get it up to the big man and, you know, everybody takes the mickey out of me for it. But you can't do it in League 2 or League 1. Manchester City can do it and then they can pass their way up the pitch and, you know, the, Liverpool can do it. But you can't do it in League 1 and 2. The only team I've ever seen at this level be so efficient at it that it actually works was the David Artell crew team. Right. 1920. Yeah. They were unbelievable at playing out from the back. But nowadays, the top teams in League One, like Peterborough, for example, they were very good at it. Um, the top teams there, they are capable of doing it, but... Run with it and they run to the opposition penalty area, don't they? I mean, they are they are frightening. Yeah. At, 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 you don't get that consistent quality no. very easily now, no. nowadays in League One and Two. Um, but you know, if you've got the players there to do it, it it's really effective. Um, as we saw with Peterborough the other week. So Yeah. And then It'll be interesting. One thing I know of goalkeepers is they they all nowadays, especially, uh, they all think they're as good as outfield players. So I'm sure most of the time it's down to just an ego of them wanting to have the ball at their feet rather yeah. than than just clearing their lines. Um, let's wrap up with um, what we've got coming this Saturday, home to Exeter. Um, I was actually looking at uh, Exeter's recent form. Um, it turns out they've got none. They've not won in a game since September. Uh, no win, no win. If you look at the last six games, they're twenty third in the form table. Only Burton have got uh, worse form than them. They've got two draws and four defeats in the last six. We are top of the form table in the last six games: five wins, one draw. So who's we going to score Exeter's the, winner um, in the cup? Didn't we? When they were in very good form. Or, yeah, you know, it's quite. A, that, we thought that, that's a tough one, and so it proved. I, I I must admit, I was genuinely surprised how bad they're doing because I, I didn't actually realise they were doing as bad as they were until I was looking into it prior to to recording this. And I mean, not they've not won a game since since mid September. I mean, it's it's insane. It's... And, and on paper, they've not got a, a, a bad a bad side. I mean, they, we should be winning this game quite easily. There's a couple of injuries. They've, they've got um, Dimitri Mitchell um, injured. He was arguably their best player at the start of the season. Uh, and on Saturday, their captain, Will Ameson, uh, is suspended as well. Yeah, he got sent off, didn't he? Um, yeah, I saw that, yeah. So, yeah, a couple of injuries. But, I, I, I mean, it, I'm sort of reading around Exeter earlier on the week. It's, it's fairly clear uh, within their fan base that they, they want Caldwell gone. Yeah. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see on Saturday. You can't. We can't. We haven't got the three points yet. So um, we'll have to see what no. happens. It seems like the sort of game we'd go and lose one nil. Um, but two 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 points out of the last possible thirty in the league is 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 incredible. I mean, you um, don't usually survive that, do you? No, so I'm amazed that he's still amazed he's still in the job. To be honest with you, maybe it will be the second week in a row that we. Uh, we seal a manager's fate. I remember fate. we went through a fantastic run under Mark Stimson, Greg, back in the day, where we, I think we got about five or six managers on the bounce sacked. We did, yeah, I remember. Barnet was I remember one that one. Well. 
Jack Aitchison, of course, plays for them. Old boy, Steve Nidge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Over times. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. It's going to be one gonna, of those games. Line, and he's not, he's not, he's not a prolific goal scorer. He's more of a sort of a number 10, isn't he? But so, yeah. yeah. I didn't mind him at our place. I think him and is it Stevens as well, the guy who from Forest Green that we yeah. had. Like, both those kind of, they were very much similar to sort of Josh March in the start. Yeah, of very, very were. similar players. Yeah, nice lad as well, Jack. Um, it's a long way from yeah. home and he's even further from home now. Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't get much he further. Was an, he was another one that to... we looked after in that ropey old hotel. Yeah, absolutely. Who haven't you looked after in the ropey old hotel? Uh, there's a few. There's a few that I won't have darkened <laughs> the doors. Don't you, don't you believe that? <laughs> um, yeah, look, I think it, I mean, we, it's a game that you know we should be looking at winning that quite comfortably, I'd imagine. But I've been a Steamish fan long enough to know that there's no Why game that we've problem? won comfortably enough. My biggest problem, and this is my fear for the rest of the season, and I think it will be, be part of whether we get into the playoffs or if you want to listen to Gaffer, get into the top two, um, is we don't finish sides off. Yeah, We'll go into the last 10 minutes, 1-0, 2-1. Uh, and you can't, I mean, I know we did it. I know we didn't blow teams away either last year, but I think you need to start being 2 or 3-0 up to, to be you know, safe, secure, and not putting in absolute effort for 95, 100 minutes a week. Relax for the last 10 minutes. That's all I ask. I think we've got, and if you look at the games we've got coming up afterwards as well, there's some tough games in there. You've got away to Barnsley, which, you know, a team that are just on the outskirts of the playoffs, away from home as well. You've then got two pretty... I mean, local derbies really against Northampton and Cambridge, both at home over the Christmas period. And then you go away to Portsmouth, which, I mean, they're flying at the moment. Watching them on Monday, I mean, they kind of made Bolton look a pretty poor side um, in, in some of the play. You know, some, I've only seen Portsmouth games coming. twice this season. Once against us, where I didn't think they were that special. I think it was that that was a that was very much a both teams and in the FA Cup where they lost to Chesterfield and they genuinely didn't offer anything, did they? No, absolutely. But going away, Fratton Park New Year's Day is gonna be a tough game, there's no doubt about that. But there's a, there's some tough games coming up after yeah, this. So yeah. it kind of feels to me like with the teams have got there's quite a few teams around us with games in hand, keeping keeping up with the um you if know, we're still in the these top, games off. Come FA Cup third round day, I'm all right with that. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I was, I'd be happy. I was at the start of the season with anything above above the relegation zone, so I'll be ecstatic with it. But it's Graham getting to that time. Say, it's people like you, Greg. <laughs> Graham Wrestley's half the reason why uh, I have the cynicism I've got. To be honest with you, <laughs> me too. People, people forget about his other spells. I mean, that one spell he gave me a great time, but I've had some hell times of him too. Um, but yeah, look, I think this is definitely a game we, sh- we should definitely be winning. Let's do a quick round the table of predictions before we wrap up. Ben, what do you think scoreline for, for Saturday? Exeter, no goals in four, windless in 11. Um, two nil, Stevenage. I can't, Greg, look, I, 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 I'm not covered by, you're not allowed to bet. I bet on, uh, I don't bet on us now because I lose too much money. <laughs> so, um, if I bet on Pidge to score any time, never does. Sweeney used to, and then when I backed Sweeney, and then the only day I didn't back Luther last day of the season, there we go, up he pops, 25 to 1 any time. So, 
you get no prediction out of me because whatever happens goes wrong. That's why my that's why I'm good friends with Paddy Power. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'm, I actually think it's going to be. I think we'll win, but I I agree with you, Dean. I don't think we'll 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 win it comfortably. I think it'll be a a two one. I think we'll. Uh, but I, th- I think if we don't win this game, we'll. I mean, I'd love to see Caldwell get get the sack after it. So hopefully we will. And that's pretty much it. So just want to thank you both for coming on. Dean, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Good ben, to meet you, good to have. Yes. Yeah, good to be. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed that. I rely on your Friday night Twitter for my commentaries on Saturday, so keep it up, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> right, he, you. Claim, he claims it as his own work as well. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you all next week. What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNugget's share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.